Look, Mike, what I'm trying to say is is that pretending to open the show mid-sentence as if we had just turned on the mic nonchalantly <laughs> is childish and juvenile and dumb. As and I have been shame as I have been trying to argue with you for the last six and a half hours. Which points that I have displayed in this argument here with my PowerPoint presentation and the three actors that I have hired to act out these scenes to try to explain it for you and the puppet show and the trained animals is I think what we need here is less uh, gaudy, uh, superficial crap on the show and more just honest Let's just cut to the, you know, just get right down to it, you know? I mean, we shouldn't try to pretend we're something we're not, man. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't try to make it seem as though there's some crazy argument that's been going on for a long time. That's what I've been trying to tell you for the last six hours, you know? And it's, I think we should just do the episode, man. I, you know. Just get all right. You mean start it by saying welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. I'm Nathan Bear, and uh, with the PowerPoint presentation in the corner, and the jugglers, and the trained animals, and the juggalos, the juggalos, many a juggalo. <laughs> it's Mr. Michael Kelly. <laughs> That's okay. The secret to keeping juggalos distracted is to give them magnets. Um, <clears throat> it, that's it. They're baffled. They're they're contained. Um. You know, Nate, I'm I'm very proud mm-hmm. and and uh just happy to to be here today. Really to you know in in a way sort of kind of what we're here to do mm-hmm. <laughs> is discuss 1967's uh, King Kong Escapes. Now, is is very important to lay down the the ground rules of King Kong Escapes because the layman may look at it and be like Oh, this is just another King Kong movie that takes place in the Toho universe. Not so. This film takes place in in a hybrid sort of universe. It's partially the Toho universe, definitely. But it's also based in part on a animated program mm-hmm. uh, called The King Kong Show, right. which itself was a retelling of sort of the original King Kong film, although there was a small boy uh, involved instead of uh, Andero, right. aka Fay Ray. That program, an animated program, which came on in the 60s, was produced by our good friends at Rankin Bass. Now, these are the same individuals responsible for classic, uh, shall we say, Christmas specials such as Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, which, if I'm not mistaken, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is celebrating its. 50th anniversary this year? And I... 2014? Found out via the news that apparently Rudolph was filmed in Japan. Interesting. So, I, 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 I'm I pretty sure it was an American production, but I believe, like, the animation was done in Japan. Okay. Um, so that was an interesting revelation. I should probably do, like, actual research on that, but, you know... It, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could do work, but I don't feel like it. What we have here is a film that is based off of that cartoon show, the King Kong show, produced by Rankin Bass. So it's really, it's that universe come yeah. to life. 
Because this has... it's the live action version of that universe. Yeah, this has nothing to do with King Kong v Godzilla. That the fact that that happened does not right. You know, appear to have the the, o- the only thing that sort of yeah. facilitates in is the fact that like Toho still had the rights, I think, for one more King Kong movie, which was going to be Godzilla versus uh, the Sea Monster, or it, that's what became Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Yeah. Um, but like they had one movie left in their deal or whatever, so they're like, oh, let's just you know uh, do a live action version of this of this movie. So it's. Mm-hmm. It's a movie based off of a cartoon based off of another movie. So it's sort of, you've got your Doritos, Locos, Tacos, Doritos thing going mm-hmm. on there where it is sort of, a, you know, the copy of the copy of the copy going on. And, yes. and, and there are just sort of overarching themes that are kind of carried over from the original 1933 film. They go to an island. There are dinosaurs. Lust for white women. Yeah. <laughs> King Kong is in love, instantly falls in love with the uh, blonde uh, white woman, although I would say she's sort of a strawberry blonde, and that she's not platinum blonde like mm-hmm. Faye Ray. But anyway, well, you can never go full Faye Ray. Exactly, I'm splitting hairs there. Oh, that's anyways. Um, so let's let's you know, without further ado, let's get to the the logistics here. Um, it was directed by Shiro Honda. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, once again, uh, you know, the usual suspects, um, uh, Fuku Bay doing the music. I'd say it's a pretty good score. He does a couple of, of pretty good pieces, but it's not it's not like Gangbusters or, or anything yeah. by any means. But he's, he's definitely securely uh, collecting that paycheck. It, it's another co-production just like King Kong versus Godzilla. It's like mm-hmm. the same thing where Universal kind of handles the distribution rights in the United States. And they actually released um, the Universal version, I guess, in Mm -hmm. 1968. Right. And that ended up grossing um, a million dollars. One million dollars? One million dollars in 1968. So I think that'd be like, what, $15 million now or something? Or maybe less? I don't know. I mean, that's like, I mean, I was, not... I was living in the future. That's like walking around money. That's, yeah. that's like you know, everyone has that money. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can't buy anything with it because yeah. uh, we've evolved beyond that. I will say that the this, the special, it's weird, this movie, because like the special effects are both better and worse mm-hmm. somehow. Like the, the monster suits themselves, like the Kong suit is, uh, is a disgrace yeah. in this movie. Like... <laughs> it's just like, it's like the, the phrase "you let yourself go." Yeah, yeah, you know, sums up so much. <laughs> like so much. The, the fact that like th- this to me is the most apparent in in the history of Eddie Toho uh, monster movie, where it's just like you have the suit part of it, like the body part, and then the head mm-hmm. that is just put on. It just it's like the the Kong suit in King Kong versus Godzilla is. Well, I would say not acceptable, but this is several steps below not acceptable. This is like a joke. <laughs> this, is, this is like I, I can't, I can't believe they looked at this Kong head and they're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's fine. 
then again, when you make like one, like five of these movies a year, right? At, at some point, it's one like, of those things that just slips through the cracks. Yeah, it's just like, oh, wait, you know, we're yeah, making this kick like, out. Wait a minute, he looks like a constipated hippopotamus. Oh, too late, you idiot! We're already in pre-production on four other movies. You know, so like, yeah, the dangers of the studio system. Um, um, but okay, so there's that. But then you have Gorosaurus, which I think is a very interesting kaiju because it's like he's. It's almost like a redesign of Godzilla somehow, where he's like he's a T Rex. I mean, it's just it's just a kaiju version of a T Rex. Yeah, really. Um, and so he's it's, much more proportional. Yeah, and it's sculpted way. He's way more dinosaur like. He's got yeah. even sort of down to like the, he has smaller arms. Yeah. Um, which so, uh, you know, Gorosaurus. Essentially, it works like this. Gorosaurus was was a key uh, monster in defeating Ghidra at the end of, of Destroy yeah, All Monsters. That, that kangaroo kick to the, the back. kangaroo. The kangaroo kick from Gorosaurus is what put Ghidra down, and then the rest of the monsters just like pile drive or you know pile, yeah. piled on top of Ghidra. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, King Kong defeats Gorosaurus in this movie easily. Mm-hmm. So like the transference kaiju property to me, denotes that King Kong could easily defeat Ghidra in a battle. Right? Well, I mean, there's a reason he's called King Kong. Exactly. You know, I mean, Godzilla is just, you know, uh, he's really just Gojira, and that just means gorilla whale. And that's yeah. nothing compared to a King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to Gorosaurus, we also have M- Makani Kong, or Mecha King Kong, or Mecha Kong, as mm-hmm. he's alternately named. And, yeah, this was the first attempt by Toho to have a robot uh, doppelganger of one of their previously established kaijus. Mm-hmm. This predates uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla by, I'm going to say, six years? Something six like years. that? Yeah, what? That Something like that? Four. Seven years? Something like that. I can't so, count. Yeah, Nate. Nate if I could count, tired. would I be here right now, no, Mike? No, no we no. would not be here. No. <laughs> um, so it predates Mechagodzilla by seven years, and I think he looks pretty good. Other than the fact that Mechakong, he suffers from sort of the same problem um, as as Randy from the Christmas Story, and that is he cannot put his arms down at his sides. <laughs> he just sort of walks around with his arms up like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't think he can move them down. Um, but not to mention the continuity errors where he has his belt on one scene and then and the next scene he won't yeah, have his belt on. That belt could know, have come in really handy. Which is like at the many end. a family member of mine at Thanksgiving or Christmas it has a grenade know. belt. Yeah, yeah. that's a grenade belt, yeah. and it'll be on. You know, during one portion of the feast, and it'll be off during another portion. It's just yeah. like you know, what what happened to that belt of deadly. Deadly. <laughs> well, I mean, assault grenades. Nate, I think that's just because your family consists of a collection of um, problematic vagrants. But I don't <laughs> want to get into that right now. Um, one thing I did want to, you know, so you got Mechanic Kong, and he looks about as good as a robot King Kong could. Yeah. I mean, uh, and this is pre video games. It's not like they were like trying to market this for yeah. like the idea that, ooh, like somewhere down the line we're going to sell lots and lots of toys. You know, it's just like, okay, this looks cute. Let's 
put it in a suit. Yeah. Oh, they were they were thinking about toys. Yeah. They, they were in full George Lucas mode at this point. Um, Pre George. The I'd say the blue screen effects are really improved in this movie mm. from like earlier Toho movies. Like there's it, there's a few shots in particular where um, they are it's completely you know in the studio with mm-hmm. with uh, like. Uh, McCanny Kong or, or, or you know King Kong yeah. and they have uh, inserted like soldiers or in the foreground, in the foreground yeah. and it looks great yeah. and it's not like because they tried the same thing in 1963 they tried the same thing at King Kong versus Godzilla when they're and fighting does, the octopus it, it, when they're fighting the octopus <laughs> and when the troops are like putting the nets over King Kong to hook up the balloons to him and it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. So you can see that like that technology has gotten way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's that's good. So they are making improvements, and uh, you know since it is sort of a kind of you know King Kong is like an American monster or whatever, and it's a co-universal production. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have a few American cast members, or at least you know Anglo. Caucasian cast members. I, I don't know. They might have been British with like really good accents. But uh, you've got the awesomely named Rhodes Reason as uh, Commander Carl Nelson. Now, there is a character on the King Kong show named Nelson, but his first name isn't Carl. So this, I think, I'm going to go ahead and jump to the conclusion that the, the, the choice of changing his name to Carl was a sort of nod, possibly to Carl Denham, from uh, the original King Kong. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about that, but you know, we'll see. Um, so you've got Rhodes Reason as as, as um, Commander Carl Nelson. Series mainstay Akira Takarada clocks in a uh, motivated performance as Lieutenant Commander uh, Namura. Uh, we've got Linda Miller as Lieutenant Susan Watson. Uh, EC Armamoto as Doctor Who. That's H U. Many people have been spelling it W H O, like Doctor Who, the you know, yeah, the British television show. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be Who as an H U, like a Chinese surname, you know. Yes. Or I don't even well, think Doctor Who. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, and Doctor Who eventually showed up in the cartoon show. Really? As well. As did Mechanical Kong and Mechie Kong. Very In fact, they called it Mechie Kong 2. Electric Boogaloo? Well, no, because they they wanted to acknowledge the fact that this, like, Mechie Kong 1 had existed and been defeated Mm -hmm. by Kong. So, like, essentially, the movie became canon into the show. Mm -hmm. And when they started making additional episodes. So, that is crazy. And then, uh, Mai Hama as Madame... Piranha, I think is her name. I think in the Japanese version they refer to her as Madame Piranha. In the English version, she's just referred to as Madame or you. Yeah. Um, um, and she was, of course, fresh off the set of You Only Live Twice yes. as uh, one of the Bond, Bond girls, girls yeah. in that film. Uh, she also had a pictorial in uh, Playboy magazine mm-hmm. uh, that same year in 1967. She was known as the Bridget Bardot of uh, the Orient. Mm-hmm. Uh, their terminology, not mine. Yes. Um, and she was at at the time it was agreed upon by several uh, very knowledgeable perverts that she was the most photographed woman in Japan. Mm. So um, 
and she's uh, she's pretty good in this. It's she does yeah. an interesting job. Well, I think like the best parts of these movies of the whole series are when like the actors like aren't rolling their eyes, you know, when they're doing these films. They're just you know they're in it to win it. Yeah, they have fun, you know, like in Monster Zero. Can't stress enough how like well that movie is because Nick Adams plays it well. Yeah, like he adds some intensity to it, and there's intensity in this film. You know, this one is a lot more tongue in cheek, but <laughs> it, it at least tries. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some leaps of logic that are just astoundingly. Uh, yeah, they're not leaps. They're like quantum, quantum leaps of logic. They're interstellar. They're, leaps. Yeah, they're interstellar leaps at, at of logic. You almost expect Michael Caine to step out and be like, "The reason why you are able to communicate with Cog is that I spent forty years breaking the." Formula of how you communicate with him. That's the way. This is how he's done. I mean, it's like you almost like you need an explanation like that because they just start talking to King Kong at yeah. one point in this movie. It's just like, how can you talk to him? He's a gorilla. Yeah, he may be a big gorilla. Japanese. Yeah. Or English if you're watching oh, yeah. the version. Yeah. Makes no sense. sort of begins on kind of a low-key almost i don't i don't want to say artistic note but like it's a it's a low shot in the ocean like in mm-hmm. the depths of the ocean of a sub and you're like oh well this is going to be there's kind of taking a second here to associate mood or they're going to kind of build something up here and then as soon as the first title comes up you just hear king kong's roar and yeah. it just, like, destroys anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you didn't know what movie you were watching, or even if you did, you would be thinking at this point, is this, are we watching Atragon 2? Did the projectionist put in the wrong reel? Like, what is this? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the first scene is extraordinarily confusing because it's, uh, the our three sort of lead, uh, you know, heroes i guess it'd be uh commander nelson 
Lieutenant uh, Namura and Lieutenant Watson are all sort of they all sort of meet up in the captain's quarters for uh, essentially yeah. an exposition dump a- a- after uh, she was uh, like verbally yeah, uh, yeah, harassed yeah, yeah, by exactly. the redneck crew a- a- members after a little mild 1967 sexual harassment or yeah. is like well, some some guy pretty. like working on a pipe with a wrench is like wow oh, she's real pretty I always catch a cold on purpose just so she could check me out yeah. or whatever and she's like yeah. I'll have you both. Whatever, throw it off the ship or something. I don't know. I think she makes an enema joke. So it's something, all, you know. some. Anyways, um, so the, this scene is extremely confusing to me, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. Because if if you didn't know what the movie was about, or even if you do know what the movie is about, it what it seems like is that Rhodes' reason is like saying, "I have studied this ape for thirty years. King Kong is real. Mm-hmm. I've got all these pictures and schematics." And like thing measurements, he's basically cock teasing everybody. Uh, the the two other characters, yeah, yeah. He's like, in, in he's there. got all yeah. these pictures. He like shows, and she's like, he shows her Watson the picture. He's like, look at these steps. Yeah. He implies that King Kong built steps like a stairway yeah. at some point. So like King Kong is like, this is that automatically makes this the smartest version of King Kong ever. Yeah, if he's like building like stuff out of rocks, yeah. and boulders and stuff. Uh, so that's significant. Yes. Um, but then he's like, yeah. So he talks for like five or six minutes. Yeah. And he's like, eh, but we're not going to go to this island, which yeah. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. Like he knows all this information, but it's implied that he's never been to the island or like maybe he has. Because when he finally gets there, he's like, there's no natives here anymore. It's like, it is really not clear to me at all yeah. whether he's been to the island before, whether he hasn't. It's very the writers cared. <laughs> yeah, it's very wishy washy. Yeah. Where it's like, like, you know, because once he goes there, I mean, we're getting a bit, we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But it just seems sort of like that part was that uh, could have been a little bit more clear. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. He says all of this shit. Yeah. And then Akira Takarada so, and Linda Miller are like, yeah. yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, we have, we're actually the whole reason we're on the sub. And I'm letting you know now that we're halfway through our mission. Right. We're actually not going to this cool place. We're going to go to, you know, Bumfuck Island and, you know, study moss on yeah. a rock. That was the sole purpose for bringing yeah. us in a submarine. Yes. <laughs> uh, so everyone looks extremely confused. Yeah. Uh, cut to the North Pole yes. where Bond girl uh, Mi, Mai Hama, uh, a.k.a. Madame Piranha, <laughs> Uh, is talking to Doctor Who, who is the same actor who portrayed uh, Ishiro's uh, like toy inventor friend from Godzilla's Revenge. Yes, complete three hundred and sixty. Yeah. He'll be doing because this came before Godzilla's Revenge. Yeah, so yeah. He's, it's kind of like Peter Cushing when you watch him uh, play when he played Doctor Who, the British version, because he was in the film version of Doctor Who. And if you've seen his other, like even his. Like good guys are like antiheroes, so to see him as like this calm, gentle, you know, cheerful old man, compared to you know playing you know Governor fucking Tarkin Van Helsing, you know, right, it's just right. like wait what? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and this is completely different because in this, you know, the actor is a cold blooded murderer. He's a psychopath, whereas in yeah, you he's full on Bond villain yeah. by the way, because he has like a legion of troops all wearing the exact same outfit, yeah. and it, it's confusing because they're uh, like the. 
we'll get into this a little later, but like they're not from any specific country. Like the 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 clothes they wear kind of look like Fu Manchu clothes. Yeah, like he's kind got of, a cape. Yeah, a it's cape, a very a black... like strangely uh, like or like ornamented cape. Yes, because it's got like this velvet inner lining and like this huge like like Dracula like collar mm. to it. Like he looks like 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 Bella Lugosi. Yeah. And yet <laughs> I, actually, you know, okay, this is what his outfit looks like. When you were a stupid little kid because this is what I always did and you would you would go to like Rite Aid or CVS and get the Dracula cape mm-hmm. from CVS. That's what it looks like. Because it's like the big cardboard like you like like neck collar yeah. thing where it's like it doesn't even function as a piece of clothing it's like ridiculous and that's what he wears and on top of that like sometimes is when his men wear these like javanese hats which are you know these are muslim hats. javanese yeah um yeah. you know not, I, there's a there are different terms for them both of which i don't know but in malaysia they're called one thing and in indonesia they're called another thing but if you Look up uh, Sukarno, the first president of Indonesia. He wears one. It's, you know, uh, some... Um, so, like, what what they're kind of going with is just, like, kind of this, like, mix of, like, different Asians. Right. In fact, this whole film, like, deals mm-hmm. a lot with, I guess... Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Like, have your cake and eat it, too. It's not Japan. Is it Japan? No, it's not. It's They're kind of like Japanese realistica. Act. Yeah, this, this like, is like the Asian. Is it America? Yeah, yeah. This is the Asian version of of, of realistica. Madame Piranha uh, is there in the North Pole because Doctor Who mm-hmm. is uh, initiating his first test of mechanical Kong, Mechie Kong, to dig up to dig up Element X. Yes. Yes. Element X. Element X. Which builds We've done nuclear it. bombs. Yes. Which Madame Piranha needs for her country. I'm making quotations in the air because I know you can see me. And uh, her country is very interested yeah. in getting... A nuclear stockpile. Yeah. And Lots of nuclear stockpiles. It's important because, like, okay, Doctor Who specifically lays out that he stole or made made duplicates of, of uh, Nelson, Carl Nelson's research on king kong because that's why he built mechanical kong like his it's so insane like he (laughs) um he built a giant robot gorilla Mm -hmm. to go underground in the arctic and dig up this element that will then help them make nuclear bombs yes uh but it just it just seems like there is a better way of doing that like you could just make like really good excavation equipment yeah you know like you could just make like a really advanced bulldozer and maybe kind of have like radiation shielding on it so like design it so like it wouldn't like phase out when like radiation gets it to it i remember reading a synopsis of this film when i was younger and it implied that Mecha Kong was built to keep King Kong prisoner so that King Kong would build up, uh, or sorry, would dig up um, Element X. Uh, I mean, that does make yeah. more sense. And so when but watching like, this film, it's like, that is not the plot. That is not the plot of this film. This film. No. <laughs> so it's like surprising because it's just like, wait, I was told it was this. Yeah. And it's Probably the this. reviewer was very drunk when they yes. saw the movie and, and sobered then, up and be like, 
Well, wait a minute. Uh, I think I remember Doctor Who was using Mechanical Kong to dig up elements. That doesn't make any fucking sense. sense. He's a giant robot gorilla. Why would he do that? It must have been the guard, King Kong. Okay, that's what I'll write. I yeah. won't check it. You know. Um, but, yeah, so, no. Mechanic Kong is... Uh, and he, he, you know, he's got a grenade, uh, bolero or bandolier or whatever yeah. you call those things. The belt, like yeah. grenade belt, um, that he only has that for belt. like the one scene. And, um, he uses it to like explode his way down to the stockpile of element X. But unfortunately he shuts down due to radiation overload when he gets too close to element X and he has not dug any of it up. Yeah. So now, uh... Things are, you know, getting getting desperate for Doctor Who because he needs to produce some of this Element X to continue to secure, get get the funding from uh, Madame uh, Piranha. And she's very disappointed and calls him a failure Yes, uh, when this happens. So to he's, his face. Yeah, so much to his chagrin. So it's, it's, very, um, it's very tense. Yeah. Uh, cut back to mondo island so basically what happens is there's there's you're back in the submarine and there's a rock slide for no reason yes an underwater rock an underwater rock slide it is in no way connected to the events of mecha kong or anything else the atragon didn't accidentally knock over any rocks or anything this is just a god in the machine there's just a rock slide it was a a day ex machina yes yeah there's a lot of very convenient day ex machinas in this movie and it conveniently damages the rudder and they have to make landfall yes and uh wouldn't you know mondo island the confirmed known hangout of King Kong, this animal that no one has ever seen, and yet Carl Nelson has extensive 30 years worth of research on. I, you know, he, maybe he just, like, traveled on the astral plane. Maybe he's into, like, heavy LSD use, and he goes into, like, meditation, and so mm-hmm. he's, like, been to Mondo Island before? Like, his spirit animal has mm-hmm. been to yeah. Mondo Island, and that's when he took the notes? Yeah. Uh, that's the most logical thing I can think of. But anyways... I say that there's no point in looking for an animal unless you have, you know, fecal matter, you know, to study. That's All been... Right? I mean, that's that, been your that, stance that, since day one. That's, yes. That's before yes. I even met you. I yes. heard you raving about that at an Arby's. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that's... Arby's. And that's when I knew. I was like, this guy is a problematic vagrant and I need to stay away from him. Um, so, yeah. Mondo Island... Uh, uh, they population go one. population one, or, and, I mean, it, and it's this yeah. one dude, yes. this one like wise man who is just standing up on a cliff, yeah. yelling, uh, in Japanese, and like they. Uh, here's what I want to talk about. First of all, they they take a hovercraft, yes, out, out of the sub, which they could have just easily just as easily taken a yeah. raft. But like, I, I think they it, were I think thinking that was like, a vehicle from the cartoon show, so yeah. they like wanted to use that, or they just thought it was easier to film. As crazy as it sounds, it was easier for them to film that than to go on location and film them rowing a boat. I think it was. Like, I think I it think was. was. Like just... you pay a crew dude, like you know, fifty dollars to make this amazing hovercraft model, yeah. and it takes him like two days or whatever, and then they just hook up yeah. some wires to it. Boom. A Shiro Honda doesn't have time for that. He's yeah. got a wife. He's got kids. He's he, in pre-production he, of six other movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got time for that. Give him a hovercraft. <laughs> Just give him a hovercraft. Uh, you know, it's from a cartoon show anyways. Who fucking cares? The money's still coming in at this point. Uh-oh. Ultraman exists. The money's starting to run out. Anyways. Uh-oh. Um, so, yes. 
they go to Mono Island uh, via hovercraft. They get out. They walk around for like three minutes. They look up on this hill and they see this old dude standing up on the hill waving his cane and just being like, you have to leave the island. It's cursed. It's a sacrilege. You can't come any further. My question is, how long are these shifts that this guy is up here screaming? Because I don't think he sees them. I think this is to make up for the fact that I think the, 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 there is no song and dance routine yeah, yeah, in no, this film. There is I, no I know big what musical it's ma- I understand. I know what it's making up for, but it's implied that this guy is just up here yeah. all day, every day, screaming at the top of his lungs, don't come onto the island, yeah. to nothing. Because he's like two miles away. Yeah. They barely can see him. And they're much younger, you know, and they're sneaking around. There's like foliage and shit. And they just kind of look up and he's on the top of this mountain thing and he's just screaming, stay away. I think that's what he does. No, all you day. have to understand, Mike, is that really that old man is really Carl Nelson from the future <laughs> who has contacted fifth dimensional beings. I see. But you see, time is relative, so I he see. can't go back, but he kind of can. Ah, so this is like uh, the woman in black. Um the the Richard Matheson Twilight Zone episode from season five. Precisely. Um, interesting. Good old Richard Matheson. Good old Dick Matheson. Rest in peace, buddy. Um, anyways, so yeah, they they come up to this crazy guy and he's like, get out of here or whatever. And the, so they take out their rifles and they're just like, they're investigating, but they leave uh, Linda behind, Linda Miller, because so she'd be safer alone. Yeah, because she'd be safer alone. By the hovercraft without a gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They leave her unarmed and in the open for uh, very convenient monstering um, purposes. Yes. Um, so naturally enough, when you leave, you know, a blonde alone in the middle of the jungle, a monster inevitably will become intrigued. Yes. And hungry. And what do uh, we have coming up from the foliage, from the from the... From the trees, was this the secret origin of the stock footage of Gorosaurus from Godzilla's Revenge? And that is, uh, Gorosaurus appears, and he, that's, that's, this is his first appearance. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, uh, comes up and he sees Linda, and she immediately, if, if Gorosaurus doesn't, like, see her exactly, don't worry about it. She immediately starts screaming at the top of her lungs to bring him over so that he can uh, pinpoint her exact location for yes. more convenient uh, monstering purposes. Now, luckily, she screams so loud, she also wakes up King Kong, who uh, you kind of open his eyes. And, and it's it's at this point when you see the, the Kong face and what Toho has done to represent this the title character of the film, the main yeah. hero of the film, King Kong. Essentially, he looks like a pumpkin or a gourd of some kind, the paper mache that has been slapped over it, and a couple of uh, cue balls that have been painted mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Kitty Scissors class it's half as if, an hour before. It's as if they actually managed to inebriate the suit. Yeah. Not the person in the suit, yeah. but the suit itself. Yeah. It, like, looks disgusting. Yeah. Like... But uh, disgusting or not, our yeah protagonist he is yeah. So <laughs> watching this movie, oftentimes I just concentrate on Kong's body. I'm like, yes. I think it's still the same body from King Kong versus Godzilla. So I'm just going to look at that. Yes, the... and that look still looks not like a gorilla, yeah. but more like Kong from that movie. Yeah. 
perky nipples, tight yeah. buttocks, yeah. long arms. He looks the most like Kong when he's knocked out. Yes. Um, anyways, so yeah, um, Kong sort of comes up and he finds, he, he like scares away Gorosaurus for a second and he mm-hmm. picks up Linda and he's kind of like, what you don't know is that he's also the king of seduction mm-hmm. and, and he tries to like, he like grabs her in one hand and then brings his hand, his other hand down and like tries to tickle her. And this is just a disaster of, like, art direction Mm -hmm. because, like, his other hand, the finger on his other hand is, like, really small. Mm -hmm. Like, like... Unless that wasn't his finger. Like, distractingly (laughs) small. Like, it could have been his daiquiri, but I don't... That is very weird. Like, it looks like a little... Like, sometimes when people have, like, a little hand or whatever, it kind of looks like that. It's really... You don't know what the hell is going on. Like, you have to look at it for a second and be like, is that supposed to be his other hand? Because, like, it's, like, half as big as it should be, basically. Um, It's only, like, one shot, but it really bugs me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyways, Kong is, like, trying to, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, seduce... Uh, you know, Lieutenant Watson. Which you should, he's instantly fallen in love which with. Which you should never, ever do, children. Uh, unless you were, of course, playing Barry White. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kong has no Barry White, so don't go for it. Um, and Gorosaurus comes back, and then uh, King Kong fights Gorosaurus. And I really do enjoy this fight. This is, this is the climax of the movie. This is an ass whooping to behold. Yeah. I mean, this is perhaps the, the climax of all Toho Kaiju battles mm. because it's the most satisfying beatdown in in recorded monsterdom. Yeah. I mean, specifically at the end of this battle, Sagorosaurus knocks out his his kangaroo kick a couple of times and Kong mm-hmm. takes it in stride basically. They fight for a little bit. Um, Kong flips him. And uh, and then, at one point in the battle, Kong's just like, look, I'm tired. Uh, my my teeth hurt. Because I guess like his teeth look like beans in this movie. He does not have dental. No. Um, he did, uh, he, that's not part of uh, Toho's uh, yeah, contracts. No. And um, he proceeds to... To just deliver like fourteen or fifteen shots to Gorosaurus's face. I mean, he punches Gorosaurus to death, and it's just like they are unanswered by Gorosaurus. He just takes it. Yeah. He's laying down on the ground, and he just like there's like it's almost sort of disturbing because they keep like going cutting back to Gorosaurus's yeah. legs that are like twitching and still sort of alive yeah. with life, and then they cut back to Kong and he's still. Just boom, 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 boom. And this is why it's important to always have a safety word because uh, yeah. without it, he you, goes you end up like this. Like Kong goes out of like Kong basically turns into Rick from The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, you know when, when Rick's like pushed too far and like someone you know threatens Carl or whatever, yeah. and, and that's that's how Kong treats Gorosaurus on this. He's just like he just just. It's not necessary. Like, Gorosaurus was defeated. He didn't need to do this. I feel uncomfortable watching this, mm-hmm. but it's amazing at the same time. So anyways, 
Kong punches Gorosaurus like 40 times and then, um, you know, picks up um, Lieutenant Watson again. And then um, uh, the uh, the two men, Commander Namura and, and, and Commander Nelson, come back to the scene. Mm-hmm. And then Gorosaurus wakes up again yeah. and bites Kong's leg. So Kong, like, drops... Uh, Lieutenant Watson, Linda Miller, and she kind of runs back to the two human men, and they're like, come on, we have to get out of here. And she's like, no, he needs us. And it's like, what are you going to do? Like, are you guys going to come up and start punching Gorosaurus or, like, ram the hovercraft into him? It's like, you should probably leave. Yeah, you should probably get on the submarine, go back to New York, and never, ever come back. Right. Uh, so... Kong then proceeds to hit Gorosaurus many more times. And yes. then... For good measure, uh, snap his uh, his jaw, yes. and, and 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 so foam is coming out. Yes. Bubbles are coming out. Lots of bubbles. And that's in the Toho verse. I know what, that's like the signal yeah. that like you've beaten a kaiju to death. It's yeah. when like the dishwasher fluid starts coming out of its mouth, <laughs> like dishwash bubbles start, yeah. start emanating from his maw. Uh, that's that he's dead. Um, so, anyways. Yeah, they uh, they get into the hovercraft and uh, they are heading back to the sub. And a, as you as you do, a giant snake is in the water and mm-hmm. it's coming for him. And Kong bullseyes it with, with a, a with a rock. It's like a two mile throw. Yeah, and he throws the rock and it, it hits the snake in the head, mm-hmm. uh, which is like. A lot of action, right in this little. And that rock is like the size of the hovercraft. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge rock. Um, and so the snake is stunned and then Kong gets in the water and like, um, his head just looks like something from like a Mardi Gras parade. (laughs) It just doesn't look, they've just failed. And anyways, uh, he he wrestles with the snake for a while and, um, you know, uh, the, the three humans get on the sub and then Kong kills the snake and starts like, he's not destroying the sub per se, but he's like, Definitely, like, probing it, you know, and, like, shaking it around. So they send up, begrudgingly, they send up uh, Lieutenant Watson to to be like, Kong, no, I eat here. I sleep here. Stop destroying the boat. And Kong's like, oh, well, Well, that's fine. That makes sense. You know, when you explain it that way, yeah. (laughs) So the Kong goes back to the island, and um, it's firmly established that Lieutenant Watson can speak uh, to Kong. Kong Kong, Yeah, Kong so and uh, presumably so, Kong has, uh, has uh, gone back to his cave and opens the latest centerfold to uh, play Kong magazine and uh, tries to alleviate his uh, urges. Did I say that out loud? Uh, what I mean to say is is that uh, the submarine then decides to head back to New York with their wonderful, wonderful finds. This UN conference that they have is amazing. Because it it features the greatest use of ever of any questions, and that is that like Commander Carl Nelson is like, so I called you all here today to reveal to you that we've found King Kong. He lives on a prehistoric wonderland full of extinct dinosaurs. Any questions? That's it. 
That's all I have for you. Yeah. You know, that's all the more I'm going to tell you. It's like, yeah. If I gave I a... think there are a few yeah. more questions like, about that uh, statement. That's a terrible presentation. <laughs> Your presentation like, is awful. It's as if they Of course there's more questions you idiot. Mid sentence <laughs> and then didn't want to continue it mid sentence. Well, it's like you you just said that these dinosaurs really yeah. exist on this island. You're just like uh, you know, anyone yeah. well, not completely clear? Advanced submarine, if, like, the people who pilot it have, like, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the thesis statement of a five-year-old, yeah. where it's, uh, you write the statement, any questions? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this guy, his arguments are like Tommy Wiseau. A giraffe could defeat the hippopotamus in battle. I, enough about that. I rest my case. No, you can't rest your case, Tommy. Because of this UN conference, Doctor Who finds out that Kong is alive and on the island of Mondo. Mm -hmm. So he makes like a good supervillain and promptly flies all of his helicopters uh, to Mondo Island and gives Kong a terrible case of gas. Yes, very bad <laughs> case of gas. Uh, by way of gas bombs that immediately yes. knock him out. And uh, they shackle Kong. Yes. And they uh, they take him up, mm -hmm. and they sort of um, Doctor Who. Uh, uh, he land. They land. They the land for a there, second, just yeah. to make sure that the 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 evil couplings have you know yeah. meticulously put their way around all four of Kong's appendages, and then we have our lovely... The wise man. You know, yeah. wise man who's giving him a warning. Doctor Who, he, in beautiful villain fashion, Cold murders well, him. Yeah, yeah, well, like, the guy's like, no, no, Kong, Kong! And the guy, uh, Doctor Who, who's voiced by Paul Freeze, by the yes. way, and Paul Freeze... He's Boris from, from Rocky and Bullwinkle. He's the narrator from the beginning of uh, Rodan... He's he's done like twenty thousand voiceovers. I mean, like you would like he's done a ton of shit for Disney. Anyways, he's the voice of of, of Doctor Who in this, and the wise man's like, no, Kong, Kong, and and Doctor Who's like, yes, yes, Kong's mine now, and then he just shoots the yeah. guy like cold blooded, like yeah, you know, like just kills him for no reason at all. Like he could have knocked him out. Yeah. He could have done, like, he did, but there was no call for it. Yes. Um, and he just, yeah, initiates hardcore murder on the guy. Right there. So, th th at this point, you know, the shit just got real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, there's a, there's a lot of other shit that happens, um, but basically, like, somehow, the, the sub with, like, almost the same crew and also... Um, Commander Nelson and and everyone else is like back to Mondo Island to yeah. just observe Kong. They're just in time to not be effective at all. Yes, and because Kong has been kidnapped, mm -hmm. but they're there in enough time to talk to the wise man, <laughs> who is like he says a bunch of like marble mouth gibberish to Nelson. He sounds like Marlon Brando during the last few years of his life. And he's just And the guy's like he 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 says like uh, I know exactly who took Kong now. He, that he's an oriental skeleton with beady red eyes. Yeah. That that international Judas Doctor Who. It's yes. like how does the old guy, like the wise man on the island, know who Doctor Who is? Yes. Like, he must have, like, 
the only conclusion I can come to is that Doctor Who has not changed his hair or his cape, and that the old wise yes. man must have described the cape and the hair. Yes. That's, like... Yes. Anyways. The words are using to describe Doctor Who, I mean... Uh, like, have you heard... I mean, <laughs> I mean they used the is, word Oriental, like, yeah, four times I mean, in this movie. Th- this it would be like a Jewish person yeah. using the K-word, or, you know, saying, you know, referring to his friends as hebes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the dude was Japanese, and he called Doctor Who an Oriental skeleton. Yes. That's, to me, that's weird. Very yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. And it's oh. like, I don't know if this is the dubbing, but at the same time, the English cast says the same word... And it's clear by the moving of their mouse that they are saying the same word. So it's just very, very confusing. But it was the 60s. It was a different time. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So, anyways, um, now they know that who is... And it's just not necessary at all. Because like there's, there's, so, there's so much in the way of redundant plotting yes. in this movie. Because, like, immediately... As they're leaving Mondo Island, Doctor Who kidnaps them. You know, like he sends that that ship yes, to he come sends and get them. A decoy ship that yeah. su- pretends to be Japanese. So they didn't need to figure it out. And Akira Takarada is like, I don't think they're Japanese. And this yeah. is, of course, after they've been, you know, kidnapped. Right. Uh, and yeah, so the, there's so many points. There's just like, wait, how can you tell that? I mean, at least. At least if you're going to be, you know, racist, be creative about it, all right? In Bruce Lee's, I think it was Enter the Dragon, he was able to tell who was Japanese by, like, staring at their nipples. Yeah. Somehow, I mean, or maybe he just thought the nipple was pretty. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this was just like, uh, I don't think they're Japanese. Okay. Why? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Uh, Basically, Doctor Who sets up um, this... uh, Mind control device with Kong, mm-hmm. you know, by giving him earrings. Yeah, he gives him he gives him earrings Some or whatever, studs. and um, you know, just in case Kong gets like Riley and is like you know not like obeying his commands or whatever, yes. and um, or it's, no, it's like a walkie-talkie that he puts into Kong's ear. Like he yeah. hypnotizes Kong with like a disco ball. Mm-hmm. This is back in the North Pole, by the way. They yeah. arrive in the North Pole. They hypnotize Kong with a disco ball. And then they uh, it's, uh, give him this earring, which is like a microphone that Doctor Who speaks into. Doctor Who speaks English commands to King Kong. And Kong's just like, ugh, and like goes and does it. And, and, and Doctor Who tells him to, to go um, dig up Element X. And Kong starts to go and, and, and do this. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like the three... Navy personnel arrive, you know, uh, Commander Nelson and, and Lieutenant Nimura and uh, Miss Miss Watson, Lieutenant Watson. So everyone's in the North Pole now. Yeah. Kong kind of starts to dig up Element X, but then he stops. Yeah. By the way, Element X just looks like salt rocks or just sort of like ice. Yeah. Kind of. That are backlit. <laughs> that are backlit. Clearly backlit. Yeah. So the reason, the true reason why they can't dig it up is because if they did, it would reveal the, the mag light behind yeah. the prop. <laughs> yeah. This, 
you know, this is uh, the closest we'll ever get to like the snow levels from Donkey Kong Country ever yeah. being a reality. Is the, is this sequence? There, there is this brief moment where like King Kong, I believe, uh, thinks Mecha Kong is a female. Yeah, it is implied. You know, there's implied lust. Yeah, um, which means Kong has you know open sexual tastes, which I think you know adds more to his character than yeah. previous King Kongs. First of all, that added to the fact that, as we said previously, uh, he built steps. Yes, he built know. steps. So he built, and uh, presumably like a house for himself out of rocks, Flintstone yes. style, yeah. at some point. So like, you know, this is a smart Kong. This is this is a sexual being here. You know, he's a thinking man's animal. So this is our protagonist. Uh his head does look like a parade thing from Carnival, but that's fine. <laughs> anyway, so he, he looks like he's he's in big head mode from NBA Jam. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he rebels and he starts to head back to the base, but Doctor Who shuts this you know, cage door that he had built just in case such a scenario happened. Uh, so King Kong is preoccupied with that metal gate while our other heroes are put into a prison and Captain Nelson is taken away. For and, drinks. Yes, for drinks. With, uh, Miss Madame Piranha. Yes. And Doctor Who while, uh, the other, uh, own chess. Chess yeah. with Doctor well, Who. Well, it, first it's drinks, then he goes back, mm-hmm. then Doctor Who, like, they're being kept in a cell, like a prison yes. cell, okay? First... Madame Piranha takes Nelson out for drinks. They have a couple drinks. Doctor Who comes in. He's like, get back in your cell. They go back to the cell. I don't know what Madame Piranha was attempting. Well, actually, okay, this, okay. The dialogue in this scene is sort of important because we establish who Madame Piranha is not working for. Yes. And it's not uh, Japan or China or Burma, or Vietnam. Or Thailand. Or Thailand. Which so it's some, I'm assuming, Asian country, just because she is Asian. Uh, oh, that, that's but we don't kept, know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's King Kong escapes. I don't know if anyone really cares, but it's... It was Antarctica. It's Korea. Okay, look, the hacks are... North Korea is behind the hacks, okay? <laughs> follow the money. Follow, follow the money, all right? <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> all the King Kongs men. No more no more Adam Sandler movies. It's a very sad time in Hollywood. Um they better make Spectre though. Anyways, the point is um so she establishes where she isn't from and implies that she may be from Korea. Uh, but we never actually find out because then Doctor Who's like, You're getting warm. Now back in your cell where you'll be getting cold and then he like takes uh, Nelson back to the soul cell, and he's like, you're going to help us. You know, it's been a long time since we had a good game of chess. And then he takes him out of his cell again. He turns on the cold air, so Akira Takarada and Linda Miller have no choice but to hug each other and get very close and smell each other's hair, yeah. which leads to potential adult situations after the conclusion of the main plot of this film, I'm thinking, because after that point, Carl Nelson, who was sort of the implied... Like, romantic lead, kind of earlier in this movie, is kind of out of it. Akira Takarada takes over. Like, Nelson seems sort of neutered 
Yes. In a weird sort of Han Solo and Return of the Jedi way, where he's around, but he's not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and at this point, Akira Takarada basically takes over. Yes. Um, so, I mean, Kong takes over. But, like, uh, so, they're... Akira Takarada and Linda Miller are being tortured because, like, the room is very cold and they've got, like, icicles on their chin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Who is doing all that he can to keep from just jumping on Nelson mm-hmm. <laughs> in their private room playing a game of chess, really fighting it back. Yeah. And, um... I mean, he that bill, that room was clearly built with this situation Built to seduce mind. Nelson. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, Dom Perignon, Good Brandy, Johnny Walker, Black Label. Right, right. There's Johnny Walker, Black Label yeah. in this film. I saw right? some Grand Marinier. Yeah, the, the, this is whatever. like, this is good stuff, yeah. you know. He's uh, trying to get Nelson drunk. And you notice he doesn't seem to care about Madame Piranha besides her money. Yeah. All right, this is... Typical closeted queen case, yeah. right here. Look at right, the look clothing. At the, look at the cape. This is the, yeah, the the cape, the hat. Yeah, no interest in Madame Piranha. All right, I mean, come on. The now. signs are clear. It's it's all there. <laughs> um. Anyways, so, uh, you know, Nelson, like the good, you know, American, whatever, is like, no, I won't help you. Although I don't know what help. What is he talking about? Helping him how? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It made sense in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, where at least somehow, in some crazy way, the professor knew about, quote-unquote, space technology. Right. And it's basically, okay, fix Mechagodzilla so we can continue our operations. I will never do that. I won't help you. Fine. I'm going to execute your family unless you do it. There's at least stakes there, all right? As stupid as how that was kind of formulated the fact that nobody from the third planet of the black hole knows how to fix a machine made in the third planet of the black hole you know as stupid as that at least there was like a reason this is just help me help you with what help me yeah. with what something i don't you, know th- there is nothing <laughs> help it's just like yeah. it's just like it's not like you know ah mecha kong is you know broken i need you to fix him for me or i'll kill your friends right. or if you help me re- you know make king kong's earrings work i will release your friends this is just i'm going to torture your friends let's play chess until you help me with something that i will determine later let's listen to johnny mathis vinyls <laughs> And drink Johnny Walker Black. Oh, and is this a playgirl? I only read it for the articles. I promise. Still very curious indeed. Um, (laughs) Who knows what he'll do? (laughs) Who knows what will happen next? (laughs) Did I mention I'm who? My teeth are distractingly bad. (laughs) Whose teeth are terrible? He's going to conquer the world? That's fine, but you're only going to rule the world for two weeks. Until you die of gingivitis, my friend. In in fairness, the British did conquer half of the known world. Well, yeah, there you go. Very bad teeth. If you see Queen Victoria, snaggle tooth. Yeah. That's because they brushed their teeth with two spoonfuls of Bill Gay sugar. Um. Anyways, that's an old SNL sketch. (laughs) Anyways, um. So. Then King Kong escapes. Yes, he actually escapes. He escapes. This is the titular escape. Yes, escape. Um, and 
uh, Mackie Kong follows King Kong out, you know, yeah. out of the base, and then Kong like runs. Uh, you know, again, they're in the North Pole, so mm-hmm. Kong kind of runs out and jumps into the ocean or whatever and starts swimming. And Mackie Kong can't swim because yeah. he's metal. And uh, his belt keeps coming his, on. His and belt off. keeps coming <laughs> on and off. You know, it was twenty dollars at Target, yeah. and it was—it uh, looks good, but it's not a very quality belt. It's not going to last that much longer. And, uh, anyways, so yeah, um, Kong goes to Tokyo for I don't know because it's a Godzilla movie, and um. Somehow the three like good guys escape. I think they're they're aided by, um, they're aided by Madame this, Piranha. Well, it's because Doctor Who insists, even though Madame Piranha is like, "I'm pulling funds. You are clearly incompetent." Yeah, and I think I'm just going to go back to you know drug and human trafficking to right. you know fund my country's right. you know wartime needs. Right. Uh, Doctor Who is not having that, so he takes. All of them onto a boat, puts Mechacong on the boat, you know, a la, I guess, Carl Denham in the original King Kong, and sends them all to Tokyo, where he plans to have Mechacong fight King Kong, because Ryder said so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, you know, okay, this fight at the end does not make sense. No. Like, because, like, I do not understand, other than, like, the vague sort of Western logic of it's a reckoning, yeah, and, and like he has to settle the score. There is no logistical reason why Doctor Who would now have Mechie Kong fight King Kong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like this... you've lost. You're not. You're like you're an idiot. Yeah, you're not going to be able to make either of these creatures harvest the element X. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Yeah. Clearly, you failed on every attempt. Just cut your losses, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, regroup. regroup. I'm sure that you could have a wonderful career, you know. Work at Macy's. Work at Macy's. The holiday season's coming up, you know. Make They've got money, the barn burning sales prop- or whatever. Yeah. Black Friday, you'd be great in the electronics department at Best Buy or something. Yeah, I but mean, just, you built a Mecha Kong. I'm yeah. pretty sure you can sell a Sony television Right, you set. can help people with their DVRs, <laughs> something. Just let it go, buddy. But he can't. So he goes to Tokyo and unleashes Mecha Kong. And uh, there's a fight there, There's Tokyo a fight. Tower. There's a, there, yeah, and this is sort of a... It's weird because there's two parts to the fight. And the first part is like Kong is fighting... Uh, Mechie Kong um, near one of the shrines mm-hmm. and it's it's very short it's only like like a minute yeah. of, of that and but before that like Mechie Kong has the uh, the disco ball yes uh, mounted on uh, the top of his head which uh, induces automatic psychobilly freak out uh, canatonic states on Kong's part and they both start yeah. Grooving it to Saturday Night Fever. Or, or Nagata <laughs> DeVita is just playing on a loop in Kong's brain over and over again. You mean in the Garden of Eden by I, Ron Butterfly? I, I Ron, Ron Butterfly. Butterfly. Uh, I have written this song. And so Deadeye Takarada ganks a rifle from one of the soldiers. Because he can. Because, he, because, because he can. UN. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he's got UN whatever. <laughs> Uh, jurisdiction, so he just um, he gives him that jurisdiction crap and gr- ganks a rifle and you know, because his name is 
Akira Deadeye Takarada uh, fires and blows up the uh, the disco ball psychedelic thing, and Agata Devita yeah. cuts out uh, in Kong's brain. Mm-hmm. He snaps out of it, begins fighting Mechie Kong, and they fight for a little bit near the temple, and then they end up climbing up Tokyo Tower. This part of the fight takes like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I must say, giving this movie a lot of shit, this model of Tokyo Tower is one of the most impressive sets, models, whatever you want to call it, I've ever seen in one of these movies. Because it's so... It's well, huge! It's huge, it's well built, and it can support two men in suits. Yeah. Heavy suits. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's just an impressive piece of work. And while watching it, I kept thinking of the, the battle in the most recent uh, Planet of the Apes movie, the ending fight between Caesar and uh, the, the not-Caesar guy. Also a very high fight containing two monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, it, it concludes in the most satisfying way possible, which is, I mean, King Kong doesn't really defeat... Mechie Kong so much as no. Mechie Kong like steps on an electrode, shorts out, and then falls like a mile. Yeah. <laughs> and then just explodes. So that's fine. We'll take it. Yeah. I mean, Han Solo never killed Boba Fett. He just accidentally smashed the yeah. thing and Boba Fett fell into the thing. Sometimes, you know, it's war. Yeah. Sometimes people just get taken out. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. It's chaos. They're monsters, you know. Don't think about it too hard. Don't read into it, yeah. you know. Um, the point is Mechie Kong is dead. And everyone decides that uh, they they need to do the uh, the right thing and chase Doctor Who, who's yeah. uh, you know port. Who, he, he somehow like docked his ship. I, I you know I mean to dock a ship you have to have like paperwork. paperwork yeah. You have to have like take people come in and expect yeah. you know yeah. somehow he could just go into Tokyo Bay. I get maybe the economy was bad enough that it's yeah. just like okay fine black market come on in let's just go yeah. you know um, but. At this point, Lieutenant Watson does turn into a terrorist because mm-hmm. she's like she assumes control of Kong, and instead of like getting the authorities or perhaps the Japanese Defense Force, which has nothing to do, yeah, except nothing, uh, you know, calling them out yeah. and being like have them surround Doctor Who's ship, maybe have him go on yeah. trial for his crime. Because this is something they could actually. Because unlike yeah. the giant monsters that are bullet resistant, this is a boat. This is a boat. This is a boat. Hey, guess what? This is a boat. And they don't this is not like the Atragon where there's got like a laser where they can blow this is just a regular surroundable boat. Yeah. And it's not moving that fast. You probably got it at discount, probably got yeah. it from eBay. The authorities yeah. know about the boat. Okay. They have the info. So you could go in. There is no need to create a human relations and public relations fiasco by sinking a several ton boat in the middle of Tokyo Bay, which will cause uh, toxic waste spills and take literally years to salvage. Yeah. But Linda Miller does not care. And she's just like, Kong, go get the ship, Kong. Kong is just running. Yeah. And he jumps in and he wrecks the boat. And it, you know, it's always fun to see King Kong fucking destroy Something. And he, you know, via, I guess we should have mentioned that Doctor Who has killed Madame Piranha by oh, this yeah. point. Because she tried to stop him yeah. from 
uh, working Meki Kong, and he shot her. Yeah. Uh, Very so sad. She, yeah, she, she, she sort of turns good. Yeah, towards she the does end. Turn she realizes the error of her ways. Must have been all the black label. Yeah, but um, she um, so she dies. Doctor Who, who's been cold blood, you know, has been murdering people in cold blood throughout this entire film, is fucking murdered by Kong because like all these deaths up till now have been sort of bloodless, yeah. like a little blood, you know, you got the, the, but, but, but here's the thing. So Kong rips open Gorosaurus's jaw and you get this foam coming out, you right. know, which is much more, I guess, sanitized yeah. compared to the original King Kong where there's like clearly a bloody blood limp. and gore. Yeah. You know, and whereas like <laughs> this, uh, you know, the, the most gruesome death is coincidentally given to Doctor Who, yeah. who is, like, coughing up blood, like, yeah. spewing it out of his mouth. This he, is... Yeah, he looks like Robert Shaw at the end of Jaws when his ribcage gets crushed. collapsed and crushed. Like, his lungs explode out of his mouth. And this is a this is a G-rated film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Remind you, Jaws was rated PG. Right. This has a better rating than Jaws. Yeah. And this has... You know, a man he, spewing blood from yeah, his yeah. mouth. He, yeah, he gets it. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, uh, Cog, like, is swimming back to, you know, Mondo Island and Commander Carl Nelson, uh, actor Rhodes Reason. It's sort of it's like, yes, he's swimming away. I guess he's had enough of what we call civilization. Or whatever. Which is like trying to turn this into like Dersu Zala or some yeah. like, you know, poetic piece of literature. It's just like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you so hard. This is like, you know, it, it, it's like... It's kind of like the British version of Queer as Folk. I mean, the American version is crap, but the British version is like four episodes long and you you know you meet the characters they they do stuff and then they try and end it on like a sentimental note and it's like no this was four episodes long you're all flat you have like barely any depth to you and you're trying to give it some like emotional like highlighted ending you can reach for the stars and take the world you know some lesson has been learned here no there was no lesson things just happened and the black character just disappears yeah. So this is basically the Japanese equivalent of that. It's just like, no, you can't end this on a poetic note. How dare you? You? <laughs> you can't end this like the original Godzilla with, you know, um, with, with you know, Dr. Yamane saying, you know, if we continue doing nuclear tests, you know, more Godzillas will come. You know, that yeah. is very powerful. Yeah. That comes after, like, the suicide of the main character while trying to rid well, the I mean, world him of saying, de- yeah. Okay, him saying that... He's had enough of what we call civilization is the copy of the copy of the copy of the Saturday morning cartoon live action version Mm -hmm. filter of that, of that statement. You know, it's like the bullshit watered down McDonald's Happy Meal ready, you know, no thinking involved. Doritos, Locos, Tacos. Yeah, no (laughs) analyzation necessary, you know, just like. Oh, you know, and that you, I'm saying this dumb thing, and then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, you don't have to think about it. You yeah. know, much like you don't have to think about why would a scientist make a giant robot gorilla in order to ex- excavate yeah. an element? 
That makes no sense yeah. of any kind. But you can have fun with that. Yeah. You can be creative with that. You can, you know, go fucking miles with that. But if you're going to try and end this like some kind of Russian novel, <laughs> like it's one piece, yeah. you know, I mean, at this point, he might as well, you know, he might as well said, you know, you search all your life for someone to love and then someday that person leaves you. And it's like, no, this is no place in this movie. All right, just end it with like, oh, he's going. Maybe we'll see him again someday. Ha ha ha! That ha, was ha. fun. Yeah, yeah. If ever a movie called for like someone making a joke and then laughing and then freeze frame, yeah, this is it. <laughs> that that's the ending you go for King Kong Escapes, not the Tolstoy, you know, Harold Pinter descent into madness. You know, <laughs> what does it really mean to be human? Ending. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so then the movie ends, and, and that's the end of King Kong Escapes. I I first saw it when I um, I had no idea what it was, and it was one of those things where I kept waiting for Godzilla to show up. And like you saw Kong, he looked terrible. I didn't know what was going on, and I it was one of those things where I I never knew it existed, and mm. it's not really super popular in America. You know, of, of like King Kong movies. You don't really mm-hmm. hear about it that much. Back when the Peter Jackson King Kong came out in 2005, it got a DVD uh, re-release. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was sort of the first time I think a lot of people got access to a new sort of clean copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until that point, it was pretty obscure. It remains obscure. You know, there's been a ton of Godzilla fighting games. I don't think McCanny Kong... Well, I don't think he can be featured in yeah, any of them because the word Kong yeah. uh, is in it. But, like, yeah, so he's pretty much limited to this. And then, you know, the subsequent cartoon show right. with uh, McCanny Kong 2 or whatever. But, like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's, that's King Kong Escapes. So it's not terrible. It, it's not great. It's just if you want to have some fun... And yeah. you're with some friends, and you have Sapporo beer. Yeah. It's and... a fun Christmas Godzilla yes. movie. Because <laughs> it's the only one that, like, takes place, aside from Final Wars, and, and certain other movies that take place, like, with, like, one, like, iceberg yeah. sequence. This has got, like, a long stretch of it is in the North Pole. Mm-hmm. So it's not that far away from Santa Claus. Yeah. Plus, it's Rankin Bass. Yeah. So it makes you feel like, you know, maybe Rudolph's not too far and Burl Ives is going to come around the corner in yeah. snowman form, start yeah. singing Holly Jolly Christmas. We yeah. don't know yet. But it is sort of yeah. the most Christmassy of all the... All these films. We should find a way to intercut like this with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Wayne. Be easy. Ru- Rudolph the Red-Nosed Mickey Kong. Yeah, Yukon Cornelius could defeat yeah. <laughs> anyone. There's gall. There's X in there. X. You have been listening to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. The one and only. Yes. Uh, my name is is Michael Kelly. Nathan Bear is the co-host with the Go Most. That's cutting that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's not making it into the final final broadcast. Um, you can find us on on the face on the face deal uh, at Godzilla Pod War Hour uh, on tw- the Twitter. Twitter, yes, Twitter. You can Twitter. Tweet. Uh, Michael twatting. Ke- yeah, at Michael Kelly at Godzilla Pod War. We have a Tumblr account which has is. Um, and tumbles. The, the yes, we have a Tumblr account, and uh, yeah, you know, updating stuff, keeping things going, you know, and uh, keeping updated Godzilla news. Uh, speaking of which, um, 
you know, and this is this is just happened a few days ago. Uh, Toho has has officially they're going for it. We're going we're going ahead. They're going to make mm-hmm. a new Godzilla movie. Gareth Edwards was just disappointing enough to you know force them to yeah. bring back the beast. Yeah, one could only hope that this uh, is you know, deals with an insane plot and lots of uh, foam rubber. Yeah. Um, um, I, I get the distinct feeling that Toho may finally abandon the man in suit technology mm-hmm. on this one because their their language was very specific in that mm-hmm. you know we need we can't be outdone by America. Mm-hmm. So that to me means it's not going to be these twenty five million dollar movies made in two thousand four mm-hmm. anymore. You know it's going to be like a real actual investment. Yeah. So you know, maybe it's not going to get to the three hundred million dollars of Spectre, but like, yeah. and maybe you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe that's a safe thing. Yeah, if... you should definitely have Godzilla fight Dave Batista, though. Um, so yes, that's it, and uh, want everyone to have a, a safe and happy holiday season. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us. Comment. All that good stuff. Yeah. Nate, any closing thoughts? Uh, well, uh, not really. It's a cold time of year, uh, so uh, you should probably all uh, read uh, Yasunari's uh, Kawabata's uh, Snow Country. It's a wonderful story about a man and a geisha, and uh, stuff happens. So, yeah, so... That's, that's your reading assignment for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, Snow Country, Yasunari Kawabata, you know, if you, you, you're really into, you know, stories where things happen, you know, that's, that, that's a story with things happening. Stories where things happen. Yeah. Just like 1967's King Kong Escapes. <laughs>